0: Well, howdy, everyone. Welcome back to the Spooky Soup Podcast.
1: How is everybody doing? I missed you.
0: We missed you guys. Uh, For those who are new to the uh, podcast, I'm Jesse. And I'm Tessa. Just to give some clarity, we had some technical issues with the recording equipment, and it's all good. It's fixed. It took a while, but we're back, and we are very excited to share our upcoming stories.
1: You best be ready to get scared because we have had these in the bank for quite a while.
0: Yeah, we, we've we been, the last couple months we text each other like, hey, you got my next story. And then we're like, okay, well, we just got to wait for the recording equipment to be fixed. So,
1: <laughs> It finally came back a few days ago and we're ready to go.
0: Heck yeah. Okay, so before Tessa kicks us off with her Reddit stories, um, wanted to announce, I don't know, is this an announcement? I guess, but... Uh, We started a TikTok account. So the fun thing about the TikTok account is I've been wanting to post like little things that are just creepy where, where you can't really do that on the podcast because it would probably take about two seconds to explain a story versus these longer stories that we have on here. So anyways, we have been posting a lot on the TikTok side of things and it's been a ton of fun getting a huge audience there
1: you get to see some pretty cool, creepy images on TikTok too. So if you want to see maybe a little bit of gore, maybe a little bit of, bit of liminal spaces, maybe some crime scene photos here and there, check us out.
0: Heck yeah. Uh, the, the only bad thing is some I've already had like two of my videos taken down from TikTok for, for uh, breaking the guidelines.
1: So dumb because I have seen worse things on TikTok. Than a crime scene photo.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, uh, But anyways, um, check us out there. Uh, You can find it. You can uh, search Spooky Soup Podcast. Our username is actually spooky.soup.podcast on TikTok. Okay, uh, Tessa, do you have anything else before you get going?
1: That's everything for me. I'm just happy to be back.
0: So happy to be back. Take us away.
1: Alright everybody, this first story comes to you from R slash Scary Stories, posted by ATL Moon VTN. It's called My Husband Is Not My Husband. My husband is not my husband. I have been with my husband for 30 years. We fell in love in high school, that whole cliche. We live in a small town in Illinois, no kids, but we have three cats together. For the past week or so, He's been acting really strange. And at first I thought, maybe he just doesn't love me anymore. And I got really concerned about our relationship. It started with him not talking to me as much. Usually he tells me everything because we're best friends. I thought maybe he just wasn't feeling well and that work was stressing him out. Then he was saying things that just weren't quite right. His boss, Jess, at work was getting married, but his boss's name is Kevin and he's an old guy, about 85 years old, and he's widowed. But maybe Kevin retired and this just took over, and he forgot to tell me. It was just overall giving me a bad feeling, and I couldn't really explain it until today. I'm writing this as an example, to tell people that what the government is saying is true. I never trusted the government, but, you know, most sane people don't. Today started normal, the sun rose at 6.52 a.m., after I had already gotten out of bed. It's Saturday, but I am so used to getting up early for work that I just get up early every day. I made coffee and sat on the couch and turned on the news. My husband usually gets up around 8 or so on the weekends, so I usually just sit around, read or watch TV until he's up, and then we make breakfast and decide what we're going to be doing for the day. This past week of him being weird made me on edge, so when he walked out of the bedroom wide awake and dressed at five a.m., my fear already started. "'Morning, babe!' He didn't ever call me babe. He called me Donut, as an ode to our first date at a cafe where I ordered a donut, and he said that's not a very good lunch. "'Morning! You're up early!' I smiled anyway, let him kiss me, and then he disappeared into the kitchen." When he was out of sight, I returned my attention to the news. And when I did, a strange message was on the bottom of the screen. If you believe that your loved one is not who they are supposed to be, remain calm and leave your home immediately. I stare as a message continues scrolling on the bottom of the screen. And then it changes. You are not crazy. They are not your loved one. You are in danger. I blinked a few times. The second Jacob walked into the living room, the message stopped scrolling. I'm going to go grab a shower, and then we can go out for breakfast, he says. He showers exclusively at night, and we never go out for breakfast anymore. Okay, hon. I smile, cupping my mug in my hands. When he turns the corner, my eyes snap back to the screen. Leave your home immediately and find the officer at the end of the street. We know who they are. This has to be some kind of practical joke. The government will remove the machine in place of your loved one. We are working on finding your family. Okay? At that point, I was scared. Either it was a joke or I was in grave danger, and I didn't want to find out the hard way. So in my bathrobe and slippers, I turned off the TV and set my half cup of coffee down. The shower was still running. But when I stood and made my way to the front door, I stopped. Not even two minutes after the shower turned on, it was turned off. I stopped two steps from the door. When I turned around, Jacob was right there, and I jumped. He had a very over-exaggerated, worried look on his face, almost unnatural for him. "'Oh, you startled me,' I laughed, my heart racing. "'Is this my husband?' I kept trying to examine him, but the way his body and face looked was so unsettling I couldn't stare. "'Where are you going?' he asked, monotone. "'Uh, nowhere. I thought I heard someone on the porch. I'm glad I can think fast, because he believed it. "'Oh, is there someone out there?' The next three moments, I realized that it wasn't a joke, because when Jacob turned to go to the front door, he glitched. That's the only way I can explain it. It was like watching a video of an AI on TikTok or something. His arm was in one position, and then in two milliseconds it was behind his back, his head tilted to the side, and then his head went back and his arm was back at his side. And then he was normally walking to the door. My heart was racing. I needed to get out of there. That was a quick shower, I said, swallowing hard. Yeah, I was sweating last night, wanted to rinse it off. That's a lie, he's a cold sleeper, and last night was freezing in the bedroom. I still don't know how I got out of there. After all the small talk, I think that the thing realized that I knew, and I think it tried to kill me. All I know is I didn't drink the smoothie he gave me, and I got out of there.
0: Not the smoothie.
1: Not the smoothie. Now I'm sitting with hundreds or thousands of other people in our town. Everyone is quiet. Everyone had a traumatizing experience. All they've told us so far was that it was a failed experiment by the government, and that the AI they used gained its own intelligence and has been multiplying, replacing our loved ones. It's not just our town, it's the whole country. If you're reading this and you think your loved one is not actually your spouse, kid, or friend... Leave immediately. Find the officer. Get to safety. This is not a joke. They told us that the death count is just, this first week is over a million. These things are unbelievably smart. Please listen. Get out. Get out right now.
0: Wow, that was spooky. I like that one.
1: You know, I figured with chat GPT and all this AI art making the rounds, this would be fitting for the timeline.
0: Who knows, maybe a bot actually wrote that story.
1: (laughs) Maybe I'm a bot.
0: I want to surprise me. (laughs) Uh, That was a good one. Do you uh, you have another story for us?
1: I do, yes. This one is from the same subreddit, r slash scary stories. And it's posted by num nummy yummy. (laughs) I like it. It's called, I love my new apartment building. I love my new apartment building. I love it so much. All the long halls, the big doors, the cathedral ceilings. What was once an empty lot is now filled with joy and laughter, young couples starting their lives and having kids, older couples enjoying their later years together. As for me, I was so excited to move to the city and start a new life and totally forget the old me. New city, new me. Since it was only built six months ago, I was the very first to reside there. I love the dogs in the apartments, who bark all night, but I don't mind it. I don't really need sleep anyway, and I don't have a job. Plus when they bark, which they always do when they see me, I don't feel lonely. There are so many people to meet and hang out with. I miss my mom sometimes, not so much my dad though. He was rotten. Anyway, my building. The kids are so playful and nice. I love hearing their laughter. It's so loud I can hear where I reside. There was no laughter in the house I grew up in, though. All we did was chores, and if we didn't do chores, there were consequences. That's why I thought living by myself would be so great, even if my dad tried to force me to stay. There's a family in apartment 24 that I don't like very much. Because of the dad. They moved into the building last month. It really reminded me of my life back home, which I try to forget in my new life. The mom cooks, cleans, and works full-time, with three kids at home, two girls and a boy to be exact. When the mother leaves, the father is mean to the kids. He hits them, and I can hear the all-too-familiar sound. I could hear the kids crying too, and I don't like it when I can hear them cry. I decided that I wanted to scare the dad just a little bit, so I knocked on the door, but when he opened it, I was already gone. Classic ding-dong ditch, I know but I never got to do those types of things as a kid because it was always rules, rules, rules. So it's fun that I can do it now. Sometimes, when I can hear the children crying and I know he's left his front door unlocked, I open it slowly and then I slam it really hard. When he goes outside to look who did it, I'm gone. Boom, vanish. I can be tricky like that, but normally it gets him to stop hurting the kids and they stop crying, so it's relief for all of us. I remember when I told my mom I was leaving I was finally 18, and I could move to the city and play by my own rules and didn't have to deal with home life any longer. She was sad, but she understood. Like I said, new city, new me. But when my dad caught wind I was leaving, he wasn't having it. He knocked me so hard over the head, I never thought I was going to get up. But I did get up. Next thing I know, I'm in an empty lot in the city. The last thing my dad said to me was, well, you finally made it to the city, huh? Before he left me there. At that time, there wasn't much around. People passing by didn't even acknowledge I was there. No doors to slam, no walls to walk through, no children laughing. That's why I love my new apartment building. No one knows I'm here, but I'm never lonely. I mean, I love the new me. I just wish that when they were putting the building in, they dug deep enough to find the old me. Oh, <laughs> that ending though! <laughs>
0: that was a good twist ending. Yeah, that was good.
1: It's like there's build up. You can tell that this person isn't normal. Yeah, they love the dogs barking in the night. They don't sleep. But I didn't expect her to be buried where the apartment is. <laughs>
0: oh, that was good. I'm, I was sitting here just like all relaxed and listening, and then the ending. I was like, mm. My eyebrows went up. What? <laughs> good story.
1: All right, I have one more story, and this is some news in the true crime world. Heck yeah. You have to tell me if you've heard of this. Okay. So this is an article from CNN. It came out two days ago. It says, Colorado dentist accused of poisoning his wife had ordered arsenic and searched for how to make poison, affidavit says.
0: Okay, Um, have not heard of this.
1: Okay, well, it's pretty creepy, so here we go. A Colorado dentist is accused of fatally poisoning his wife by putting arsenic in her protein shakes after ordering it online and making a number of suspicious internet searches in the weeks leading up to her death, including how to make poison, according to an arrest warrant. James Tolliver Craig, 45, was arrested Sunday and preliminarily charged with first-degree murder after his wife, Angela Craig, 43 died after being hospitalized for severe headaches and dizziness. Investigators allege James Craig had shown the planning and intent to end his wife's life by searching for ways to kill someone undetected, providing her poisons that align with her hospitalized symptoms, and working on starting a new life with another woman.
0: Dude, like, how dumb are you to Google search that I do not realize that the husband is always the prime suspect and they're going to go through everything. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Okay.
1: Angela Craig died Wednesday after reporting to the hospital for the third time this month, according to the affidavit. After she arrived, she had severe, sorry, she had a severe seizure, was placed on a ventilator, and was declared medically brain dead soon after. In the weeks before her death, James Craig used a computer at his dental practice to research multiple undetectable poisons and make internet searches including how many grams of pure arsenic will kill a human and YouTube searches for how to make poison and top five undetectable poisons that show no signs of foul play, according to the affidavit.
0: I'm rolling my eyes right now of how stupid this guy is.
1: So stupid. The husband also used a new email account to order arsenic online. On March 6th, two days after the package of arsenic was delivered to his house, Angela Craig went to the hospital and reported that she was dizzy, could not focus her eyes, and felt her body was responding slowly, which notes the conditions are consistent with some symptoms of arsenic poisoning. That day, Angela texted her husband, James, I feel drugged. According to screenshots of what the affidavit said were texts between the pair. The husband responded, Given our history, I know what you must be... Sorry, I know that you must be triggering. Just for the record, I didn't drug you. I am super worried, though. You looked really pale before I left, like even your lips. Angela Craig's sister told investigators the couple's marriage was tumultuous, and she was told by Angela that James Craig had previously drugged her because he was planning to attempt suicide and didn't want his wife to stop him. Also on March 6th, James ordered oleandrin, a toxic plant extract, but the shipment was intercepted by FedEx at the request of investigators and was never delivered. His wife was hospitalized again from March 9th to March 14th, during which time James ordered a highly lethal chemical of potassium cyanide which was delivered to his dental practice. When Angela Craig was hospitalized for the final time on Wednesday, one of her husband's business partners told a nurse about James Craig's delivery of cyanide at their medical practice, noting that there was no need to have the chemical in the office. The nurse then reported this to police, setting off the investigation into her death. So I'm just going to stop reading there because... As you can assume, he's been arrested, his wife is dead, he wanted to get with another woman, and he's tried poisoning her before.
0: Um, wow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's like, how how do you even respond? (laughs) What an idiot.
0: Jeez. Sorry, I'm, I'm on my computer now looking at pictures of him.
1: Could you imagine him looking at you all day, like... You have your mouth wide open, and he's like grinning down at you, <laughs> working on your teeth. He's creepy looking. If you haven't seen pictures of him, look up James Craig mugshots.
0: The mugshot is creepy, but then you look at there's a few pictures of with him and his wife, and he just looks like a normal guy. Yeah, a normal dentist with almost perfect teeth. Dang, that is horrible. Ugh, what an idiot.
1: Yeah. I read another, sorry, I read another article. Um, Basically, he ordered the cyanide and had it delivered to his dental practice. And he told, I think the receptionist, like, I have a package coming. Don't open it. It's for a surgery. And so they didn't open the package, but his, like, business partner or whoever didn't hear him say that. And they opened the package and saw it was like a canister of cyanide. And they're like, uh, what are you doing with this? We don't need this for anything.
0: I would probably stay at the at the practice and wait for the package myself. <laughs>
1: right? And not just so, be like, yo, I got a lethal dose of cyanide coming in. Don't touch it. <laughs>
0: it's for me. I promise. No, it's for my friend. Okay, it's for my wife.
1: <laughs> but don't tell anybody.
0: Oh, uh, okay. Well, um... I, I'm digging this new, uh, this new kind of segment where you're repor- reporting on, on some live news. So that was good. I didn't know about this case.
1: Yeah, thanks. It's pretty crazy.
0: Also, it's in uh, looked like it was in Aurora, Colorado. Isn't that where the shooting happened, the Batman premiere?
1: Oh yeah, I think so.
0: Rough. Yeah. Aurora's seen better days. Okay. Um, any more stories? That's it for me. Awesome.
1: Back good. to you, Jesse.
0: Hey, thanks. Good, uh, good way to get us spooked and, and ready for my story. I appreciate it. Before I get started on my story, just wanted to let everyone know, um, especially some of our newer listeners from TikTok, what up? Uh, any images that have anything to do with our stories, we post those on our Instagram account. I'll probably post them on TikTok as well. So you can see them there. And uh, see what the heck we're talking about. Also, we love reading stories from uh, our listeners that send them in. So if you want to do that, you can. You can DM those to us on our Instagram, Spooky Soup Podcast, or you can email those to us at spooky soup podcast 801 at gmail.com. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. Sometimes we people are like sheep. We will listen to anything the government tells us to do, listen to them when they tell us something is good for us to take, eat, or even jab. Besides the garbage that is in the processed foods that we eat, there are other things out there that we sheep need to be careful of. My story today will consist of two events that both have to do with radium. For those who don't know, Radium is an intensely radioactive metallic chemical element that was used in all sorts of things like medicines, paint, creams, water bottles, toothpaste, and even chocolate. That's right. At one point in time, people were told that radium was safe to use and ingest. Radium had been discovered by two French physicists, Marie Curie and Pierre Curie, and its properties were not well known. But why radium? Why was it so popular? Soldiers in World War One needed their watches and compasses to glow at night. So to give them that effect, the dials on the watches were painted with radium so they would essentially, in quote, glow in the dark. Have you ever heard of the radium girls?
1: I have, yeah. You know the story? I think about them all the time. <laughs> it's pretty I, wild. yeah. I don't know why. They're just tucked away in my mind, and they pop Mm -hmm. up sometimes. Yep.
0: Uh, It's an interesting story of a group of women from the U.S. who worked in factories during World War I. Women who were asked to work while the men were off fighting the war. They were hired to paint the watches, uh, and they were perfect for the job because of their small hands they could put the fine details and finishing touches on the products a lot easier than people with bigger hands, aka men Uh, they were instructed to use their lips to give the brush a fine point to help get the smaller details so they would put the brush in their mouth kind of close their lips on it and pull out get that tip they were instructed that radium was completely safe to handle, but we now know that was not the case one of the girls, Amelia Magia, I apologize if I mispronounce that, was one of the first to experience symptoms of radium. She claimed to have had an annoying and very painful toothache. She had the tooth removed, but proceeded to have multiple toothaches. Bleeding ulcers began to form where the teeth were, and what's even worse is they began to pus.
1: Oh, gross.
0: The radium had spread all throughout her body, and on September 12, 1922, Amelia passed away. The doctors were not sure what caused it, but they eventually settled and blamed it on syphilis.
1: Uh, I don't know about that.
0: <laughs> Multiple others began to become extremely sick. One, one right after the other would just pass away. If they did not succumb to radium, they were left with wicked injuries like the removal a lower jaw and holes in their face. For years employers of these factories denied radium had anything to do with the girls dying to keep the businesses open It was finally all over when a woman named Catherine Wolfe Donahue took the radium dial company to court and sued them She won and the radium girls got their justice Yes It's It's such a horrible story you know, and the there's actually a movie called Radium Girls that came out in 2018.
1: I didn't know that. Yeah,
0: you can go see the movie. It's starring Joey King. Uh, no way. Yeah, the girl from Bullet Train. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you can check it out. Um, I think it's on Amazon right now. Anyways, it's, yeah, it's just wild because, like, the women were too scared to say anything. And they were too scared to, like, quit because they needed the jobs and so
1: definitely a fearful like power dynamic going on there between them and their company and yeah
0: yep. and of course they don't they don't want to go to the media so they want to get fired they didn't want yeah anyways it's just nuts so um so this brings me to my second story and actually before I start there I just want to say there's so much more to that story for the radium girls it just it's nuts and it just sucks it's just so, such a horrible story that they had to go through that. And essentially, they were just killing themselves. And they didn't know.
1: Like, slowly, painfully killing themselves.
0: Yeah. So, Eben Byers was born April 12th, 1880, to Alexander Byers. Alexander was a wealthy man who enjoyed the finer things in life, like collecting artwork. He was also the president of a steel company that he owned called the National Iron Bank of Pittsburgh. Because of his wealth, Alexander was able to give everything and anything to his son, Eben. Eben was known to everyone as a stand-up guy. He was quite the flirt and apparently did very well with the ladies. Because of his talents, intelligence, and his father's wealth, Eben was able to attend Yale College and became quite the sportsman. He excelled in golf and later won the U.S. Amateur Golf Championship. Along with his excelling golf career, his father, Alexander, made Eben a chairman of his own business, so Eben pretty much had everything going for him in his life. He was athletic, rich, and extremely successful for his age. In November of 1927... Eben was invited to attend the Yale versus Harvard football game. He enjoyed a day full of sport and rivalry. On his way home, according to some reports, the train he was riding in came to a sudden stop and Eben fell from his berth. He landed weird on his arm, injuring it. He didn't think much of it, but the more he tried to go about his daily life and even golf with it, the more it kept hurting and just bugging him overall. He had his arm examined and everything came back fine. No broken bones, no sprains, but it just kept giving him a hard time. The doctor he was seeing prescribed him a new medical cure called Radithor. It supposedly had many health benefits like relieving pain and giving the user a burst of energy. At the time, doctors and officials didn't 100% know the long-term side effects of taking Radithor, Radithor, but Eben did not care. It was helping take the pain away, so he was all about it. Little did Evan know, but he was killing himself every time he took this so-called medical cure.
1: Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm like, I feel like an impending sense of doom (laughs) hearing this. Yes.
0: To give you a quick history of Radithor, according to historydefined.net, Radithor was a radioactive drink containing radium patented by William... J.A. Bailey, a Harvard dropout. In the early 1900s, this became very popular. It was said to have health benefits, and many people began to drink it. Bailey created the cure-all by dissolving radioactive isotopes of radium into distilled water. He claimed that the concoction would cure impotence and other ailments. At the time, Bailey offered doctors a 17% commission on every dose prescribed to patients, end quote. So That bastard! (laughs) Yeah, doctors were just pushing this stuff, and just getting it out there, and it, like, wasn't properly tested. The guy who found it dropped out of college. Wow. Yeah. So, how much do you think Eben drank of this Radathor concoction?
1: I'm sure he drank a ton, if he was experiencing that, like energy boost and all those oh, he loved it. side effects.
0: He loved it. It made him feel so good.
1: It says Gatorade, maybe? <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, Eben, more like the Kool-Aid, if you think about it.
1: <laughs> Crap.
0: <laughs> Eben drank over 1,400 bottles over the course of a couple years.
1: Oh <gasps> No way.
0: He was addicted to the benefits he believed it gave him. He was so in love with this product that he gave it to his colleagues and the girls he was he was dating so that they too could enjoy the same energy and pain-free life that he was experiencing. This is where it started to become really bad for him. Eben quickly started to have these throbbing headaches and body aches. To help with the pain, what do you think he did? Took more. He took more Radithor, but as we know now, that is the very thing giving him these headaches and body aches. Soon after, his teeth began to fall out and he had trouble speaking. He eventually went back to his doctor complaining about all these side effects so the doctor finally told him to maybe, yeah, maybe you should actually hold off on the ratathor. By that point, reports of radium poisoning began to filter in but for Eben, it was too late. He had consumed three times the lethal dose of radium.
1: No way.
0: Eben had been diagnosed with cancer. The entire time he was on Radithor, it ate away at his bones and his skull. That explains why his teeth were falling out. By this point, Eben had become the face of, in quote, This is what happens when you take too much Radithor, end quote. It was the headline on every newspaper. Everything inside of him was deteriorating. The worst part of all of this was that he had to have his lower jaw and parts of his upper jaw removed, leaving a massive gap in his face. They even dubbed his condition as radiation jaw. Jeez. By that time, holes had begun to develop in his skull and hit and fill his brain and the rest of his body full of cancerous tumors. The picture of him without his jaw is something out of a nightmare. I don't know if it's actually legit, but, I mean, it's what you Google, you can find it, but I'm going to post it on our Instagram. Actually, I'll show you right now.
1: I was hoping you would show me, because, yeah, I got to put a face to all this. Oh, my gosh.
0: Um, That's not even the worst. <gasps> there it is.
1: Jeez. It's like he just walked off the Walking Dead set as... Ugh. <laughs>
0: His whole jaw is just missing.
1: Oh, that's terrifying. And, like, his throat is open.
0: It's quite disturbing. Yeah. Um, You can also... I'll also post pictures of the Radium girls and uh, some of their side effects. So check those out on our Instagram. It's just insane. On March thirty first, 1932, Eben Byers died at the age of 51. When an autopsy was performed, they found that his bones were so weak that one could grab it with one hand, squeeze, and shatter the bone into many pieces. In 1965, researchers from the University of Pittsburgh wanted to exhume his remains and see the lasting effects of radium. When they dug him up, they found that his corpse of almost 35 years was still very much radioactive and extremely dangerous to anyone who went near it. To keep the radiation from seeping out more, they placed his remains in a new coffin built just for him, a lead-lined coffin. It fixes the problem for now, but they say Eben's remains will continue to be radioactive for centuries to come. Jeez. On the website, cultofweird.com, someone named David replied to the Eben Byers story with the following quote, I am a retired nuclear engineer and worked many years in the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection. At one point, we went to one of the cemeteries where some of the radium girls were buried. Passing a Geiger counter over the grave, we could detect an increase of the radiation from all the radium and daughter products that were leaking from the skeleton. Lakehurst Naval Air Station, where the Hindenburg Hindenburg burned, is the military dump for all radium-based products that were salvaged from aircraft and ships over the past 70 years end quote so guys moral of the story don't take Radithor. stay away from radium it's just bad stuff it's bad we know now it's not good
1: (laughs) that thing got like a half-life decay something like that i'm sure he's going to be radioactive for years if that's the case
0: yep years for a very very long time it's like chernobyl When will that stop? It won't. Probably never. Exactly. It'll be radioactive for forever. So there you go.
1: It's like, I I wish so badly that you guys were all seeing the pictures I just saw because I'll probably never forget that. (laughs) That was really scary and i can't imagine like the trauma and the terror he was experiencing every single day like watching his, like pieces of his body fall off
0: mm-hmm. and if that picture is legit of him losing his jaw how did he eat tube tube maybe yeah yeah
1: i don't a pudding, know a lot of pudding <laughs> probably <laughs> probably sorry i don't mean to it's just it's a lot i'm dealing with it in my own ways <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it, it's quite quite sad um, let's see. Here's a picture of Eben uh, when he was younger, before he started wow. taking radium. Quite different. Radithor, excuse me. And here is a picture of like the radium girls. Um, you can see here that her, oh yeah, her, her face, faces are decaying. Yeah, yeah. Her nose is pretty much gone. Wow. Just horrible, horrible. Okay. Do you have? Anything else for us?
1: That's it for me.
0: Well, guys, we are so glad to be back, and we hope we spooked you, but we will scare you on the next one.
1: Stay spooky. Bye.